Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, well, I hope you're watching the YouTube version of this and not listening to the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast, hop over to the YouTube version so you can see what Keith Smith looks like <laughs> right now. Keith, why don't you explain to everybody what's going on and and why you have a cape? <laughs> well, I'm bringing capes back. I okay. think they should be in everyday fashion. But... The Incredibles disagrees. <laughs> that is true yeah that is true it, it causes trouble for superheroes uh no so when the celtics beat the lakers a few weeks back you wore a green shirt yeah. uh, we did not have an official bet but i am uh paying off the celtics got stomped by the lakers uh last week so i am in a as close to lakers uh colors as i can get i have a fluorescent yellow shirt on a purple cape and then i'm rocking an orlando city hat uh orlando city soccer hat but they wear yellow and purple so that is uh that they're those are their colors so i'm doing the best i can i guess this begs the question why do you have a purple cape like i was not expecting this when we first logged in this morning and that was the most shocking thing that 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 i saw was (laughs) oh my gosh keith is in a cape what you just you happen to have a purple cape laying around in case you have to pay off Lakers bets or, or what's going on here <laughs> yeah that, that was it I'm good forward thinking on my part no I um <laughs> several years ago we we got invited to a last minute Halloween party uh, and it was a costume party and we when we went to the store I was like I'll just grab vampire teeth and a cape and be a vampire and the cape I grabbed just happened to be purple it was the only one that they had so I have this purple cape it gets stuffed uh gets stuffed into a bin of halloween stuff that we have uh that's in the closet and and there we go so if i finally had its a uh, second use so now i feel good on the about four dollars i spent on it well now i feel like i didn't go far enough why wore a green t-shirt <laughs> and here you are in a, in a purple cape i guess i'll have to up the ante next time next the time. lakers and celtics <laughs> play each other which won't be until next season unless of course <laughs> yeah, they, meet. they don't think there's going to be a finals meeting on time probably not but <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh keith but we've got a ton to get get to today so let's dive into it Shams hey, before we get into oh, to news i just yes. want to say um thank you to everyone for the outpouring of support for for me and my family and the loss of our mm-hmm. our pop um i know front office viewers have seen him often in the uh, recliner behind me uh he liked to hang out there during the day quite a bit so uh it, it, he he had cancer it was uh he went downhill very rapidly um and we had to to uh, unfortunately um uh put him to rest on uh saturday but uh it was a very tough day for me and my family but the just notes and texts and emails and tweets and even the comments on the videos just from so many people uh cannot thank you all for the love so much for that and uh yeah so it's uh you know a little bit of a you know rough time for the smith family but but uh we had 12 amazing years with with him and uh we had 10 years with his brother before that we've still got the other two uh maniacs tearing around the house uh acting like like nut jobs right now he just can't hear him i can uh but i can hear him uh tearing around the family room so uh but thanks to everyone for that and uh and that that'll end the personal portion portion of the show about my uh, halloween decor and my uh my family's rough weekend but let, let, let's get to it let's talk basketball i'm ready well, yes, we do certainly uh, appreciate that and uh, and feel for you, for you and your family going through that. That's a not a fun thing to, to deal with. Not easy for sure. Um, but yes, we do have a lot of basketball to get into. Shams Tarania put out, I mean, just a tidal wave full of stuff that we <laughs> need to talk about. Yes, he did. Uh, let's start with the Kyrie Irving thing. Shams reporting that uh, on The Athletic, 
that there is renewed optimism that Kyrie Irving may indeed play for the Nets this season. Keith, you and I were talking about before we came on the air here. I only see this happening one of three ways. Either Kyrie gets vaccinated, the mandates change, or the Nets decide they're going to allow him to play on the road. That's it. And none of those feel all that likely. So what's going on here? Where Where is this optimism coming from? Yeah, I'm really not sure. I don't I, I don't understand it. Uh, Mike Prada uh, put a tweet up basically saying the exact same thing you just said. And it is, yeah, so where's the news here? Because New York City has said they are not changing uh, their, their mandates. Uh, the uh, state of New York, I can't remember at this point which one it is, but uh, whichever one it is, it doesn't really matter. They're not changing their mandates. And then the... Uh, Kyrie, as far as we know, has no plans to get vaccinated. And then with the uh, the the last piece is um, letting him play in just road games, which ownership has said, no, we, we're not interested in that. And, and that one is really tough because how do you bring him back in that situation? And then you, what if you're in the East Finals and he can't play? in you know a few of the games on the road or you're in the NBA finals and you, do you start play. taking how, how do you do to that? get rid of home court advantage right, like, right? yeah i mean even then, that? Right? <laughs> yeah that opens up a whole other can of worms right. for you so you know it sounds like the from the tone of the piece maybe kevin durant is the one who's like hey i want him back we're yeah. we're not the juggernaut we thought we would be you know without him which is you know that first makes sense so yeah it's uh yeah i don't i'm not entirely sure uh you know where where this comes out of and, and i'm not entirely sure we're gonna see him play again this year unless someone in the mention said what if he just gets vaccinated and he just doesn't want to say it yet or he wants to do a whole thing on his own about it and maybe maybe that is the case uh and this is a weird one too because we always say when news leaks out consider where it may have leaked from sure and it's a little bit like who benefits from this it, it seems a little unclear yeah from putting those expectations out there that i mean the nets have been from day one saying we're we're moving forward without him we're assuming we're not going to have him if it happens great but we're we're not going to have, right? So you keep those expectations low so people aren't constantly asking, is Kyrie coming back? And then the next day, is Kyrie coming back, right? Now this kind of undoes that, and the whole topic comes up again. You can understand why, of course, the Nets would want him. They right now have a point differential sure. of 3.7. They're in first place in the East, but they're not the dominant juggernaut that you would expect them to be. They're 19-8, and eight, which, again, great record, best record in the Eastern Conference. But, obviously, they would love to have Kyrie back. I just... The only thing I can think is that, is that maybe they come off of that road game thing because that seems like the easiest of the three scenarios to, to actually happen. But, I mean, even that's not, not an ideal situation. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I would want that if I was a, a team. And I know people talk about, you know, isn't, it wasn't Kawhi Leonard, a part-time player. Sure. Man, the Boston accent just slipped out there for a second. <laughs> um, wasn't he a part-time player for, for a while there? And, and But that was very different. That was that was an injury-related thing. This wasn't, you know, all right, we've got a five-game homestand. We'll see you next week. It, it, this is just a – it's just an odd situation. And I'm just not sure – I don't know. I mean, it's good that there's enthusiasm. I'm just not sure I necessarily buy that that's where this is headed. Right. Let's uh, I agree. And we'll see where this goes unless something happens that we're, we're not anticipating that somehow gets Kyrie back. We'll see which path they head down if they, they indeed intend to bring Kyrie Irving back 
to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, next up, though, the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are looking at a few things. Uh, rival teams, according to Shams, rival teams are expressing expressing interest in Cam Reddish, but they believe the Hawks want a first-round pick for him. Now, Reddish was the 10th overall pick, so I'm not surprised that they want a first for him, especially given the value that Wings have in the NBA right now, averaging over 11 points per game, shooting 37% from three. Um, look, the Cavs, or I'm sorry, the Hawks have a lot of wing players. There's a lot of teams around the NBA that want wing players, so I, it's not a surprise that, one of their wings would have some trade value or some interest around the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I guess your challenge if your Atlanta comes in is your, uh, let's say, what, two, three weeks ago, you would have been dealing from a position of strength mm -hmm. because you had Herter, Bogdanovich, Reddish, and Hunter. Now you're down Hunter. Sounds like maybe the rest of the year, maybe not, at least for the bulk of the rest of the season. And then the herder is, is there and playing well. And then you're going to get Bogdanovich back. So are you still looking at moving Reddish? I don't know. I, I think you really want to, in today's NBA, you really want to have three quality wing players that you can just kind of plug in night after night and feel pretty good about. So I don't know that I would necessarily be looking to move him uh, if I was them, but but let's see. I mean, it's a team that's getting increasingly more expensive as the years go by. Next year, they'll be, you know, probably a tax team, uh, barring anything else as Trey Young's extension kicks in. So this could be a way to, you know, infuse a little bit of young talent. I also mentioned that they are expecting to promote Landry Fields from assistant general manager to general manager under Travis Schlank. Mm -hmm. So that's something of, of note there, Landry Fields, former NBA player, but uh, could be moving up in the Hawks organization. Things have been going fairly well. I mean, I know that compared to last season, this season's Hawks have not been doing quite as well, but overall it feels like the Hawks are on the upswing and they want to reward the people that were a part of that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it completely makes sense to you're, you're in the uh, position of, yeah, well, let's, you know, keep keep things together. It, it, as you said, it didn't start off, you know, th this year started off a little rough. They're 13 yeah. and 13 as we record this, uh, but they have been playing better as of late. I, I think it's just, you know, just needed a little bit of time, I guess, yeah. to, to get it together. I mean, but 13 and 13, they're uh, what a whopping like two games out of home court advantage. So uh, it's not that big of a deal. No, no, it's not. Uh, let's jump to your team. The Boston Celtics rival teams around the NBA expect Dennis Schroeder to be available on the trade market. Schroeder averaging over 17 points per game right now for the Celtics on a pretty good deal. The, the Celtics were able to take advantage of Schroeder not finding the big contract he was looking for out of the market. And they got him on that one year uh, minimum level exception deal. And so here you are with almost five assists and over 17 points per game from Schroeder. And there's the potential that they could trade him. Now, Keith, that begs the question, if you've got a guy that's scoring like that and is, is producing like that on a pretty favorable contract, why trade him? Yeah, and I'll lead this with if you guys want more in-depth thoughts on this, I'll have an article up on Celtics blog a little bit later uh, today on Monday uh, explaining all the same things. But laying it out here is, yes, he's on a value deal. Yes, he's played well. They have almost no way to resign him unless his market goes exactly the way it went again, mm -hmm. uh, again this summer as it did last summer. It's there's not they they just don't have the the ability to bring him back there. He's too good to resign for the minor bump the Celtics could give him to about seven million. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Um, 
then that means you're looking at a guy who's probably going to get the full MLE from some team of around 10 million would be my guess. Uh, I think some teams will look at him and say, yeah, he could come in, be our six man and do, do his thing off our bench, which is what the intention was in Boston. And then if you're the Celtics, your hope was we get him in on the cheap. We're a pretty good team. We can at least push to make a deep playoff run and we can have him and know, yeah, we're probably going to lose him at the end of the year, but it is what it is. Um, but then with the way the season has gone for Boston, they're 13 and 14 right now. They haven't been all that good to play a deep playoff run. doesn't look all that likely. So then you're looking at maybe we move on from him, get what we can get from him, free up those backup point guard minutes for our young guy, Peyton Pritchard, and just move on because – what's going to happen we're going to have a slightly worse record i mean i'm not sure exactly what the thought you know there against it is so i get i got why they signed him i mm-hmm. got why it made a lot of sense at the time uh now the way things have gone i also understand why the celtics might be open to trading him and it's not going to be a massive return you're not getting anything huge but you could either get a young player or maybe a, a, a top 20 protected first round pick if a team really needs a point guard or something in that what makes him different from a guy like John Wall or some of these other big names is he only makes $6 million. So anybody in the league can figure out how to trade for him at that number. It's not, it's not a thing where, you know, he's like somebody who's making a, uh, you know, $40 million, which is almost impossible to move. Yeah, exactly. So you can find suitors pretty easily for Schroeder on that number. The question is what kind of assets can you get? I mean, there's a little bit of a challenge there too, right? Because the salary is so small for Dennis Schroeder that, if you were looking for a player that comes back, most likely sure. a guy that's going to be valuable is going to have a larger salary. But perhaps you get something yeah. involving picks or, or something like that where, again, like you said, for the Celtics, you've got essentially an asset right now that expires at the end of the year because you probably can't yeah. bring him back. So that's exactly. where that makes sense. Yep. Trevor, I'm losing the cape, man. I apologize. It's <laughs> bothering my ears. So hey, <laughs> nope. capes are not coming back in fashion, I don't think. And we're gonna so we're gonna stick with much. the Incredibles theory. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, yep. The Incredibles were correct. Uh the Cleveland Cavaliers, this was an interesting little note from uh from Shams that uh Darius Garland is part of the reason why the Cavs have been so good this season. And of course he, he is correct. He's been been fantastic. 19 points, seven, eight point six assists plus 1.3 steals, 38% from three. But then Shams throws in the little bit at the end. Garland, a possible all-star candidate, is eligible for a five-year, $181 million maximum contract extension in July. Keith, we say it all the time. Who benefits from this? Gee, I wonder where this little bit came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Darius Garland has had a great he season. Has. And he is you know, eligible for that big contract. And, and quite frankly, I'm rooting for him to get it. I, I hope he does get it. I, you know, I'm always rooting for these guys to get paid. It's just, uh, yeah, well, I wonder who gave that note of how much it was. Cause it certainly wasn't the Cavs. Uh, Hey, let's roll the Pacers into the, yes. this one. Um, because right. So the Pacers, we, we don't need to probably rehash all of it. Cause the athlete, we, we already did a pretty good video on that one that you can go back or you can listen to it on the podcast version. Um, but 
uh, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, or Turner. Those guys are all on the market. Uh, so the, the report here is Sabonis is expected to draw the most interest. Yeah, no kidding. He's, you know, great. Uh, that makes, you know, a ton of sense why that would be. Um, but teams are looking at Turner if, you know, Sabonis isn't there. And then the Karis LeVert part, why I wanted to roll it in with the Cavs was Joe Varden reported, a uh, Cleveland-based reporter for um, The Athletic, uh, reported that the Cavs are interested in Karis LeVert and that he's a guy who they see as making sense because because he would bring some size to their backcourt, mm-hmm. which they don't necessarily have. Uh, there's a lot of open questions about Colin Sexton. He's a pending free agent, as well as he is going to be um, coming off of that knee injury. So uh, we we don't know exactly where that will go. So I think I think that's why um, just wanted to roll this one in there. I. I think there's a deal that can be made there that makes a lot of sense for both the Pacers and the Cavaliers to to get Levert to Cleveland. Um, I'm just not sure that's necessarily absolutely the way we'll go, but it makes sense why there's that interest. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does. Um, I, I think the Pacers are going to make a move. Is it Levert to Cleveland? Maybe. But we'll have to sure. we'll have to wait and see how that that goes down right now. But uh, I, I've put him very high on my list of players that I expect to be on a different team on trade deadline day. Who's by who? like by the end of trade deadline day? Karis Lever. If you had to pick a who's number one on that list, is it Cleveland? Oh, number one player. Yeah, um, who's who's top of your list? Like this guy is going to be on another team after the trade deadline. Yeah, I'd be pretty high on the list because his contract is very easily movable. Um, so I, I would put him pretty high on the list. I would say uh, I, I'm going to put Simmons up there again. I just feel like it is going to happen. My, we're going to talk about that uh, in depth here in a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I like they one one a with those two guys. Okay, that's fair. Um, let's get to the Detroit Pistons. Jeremy Grant, according to Shams, one of the most sought after players in a potential trade. Again, no surprise. We've talked about how in-demand wing players are in the NBA. So Jeremy Grant being a very good one, especially on a reasonable contract, $20 million this season. Um, He is, of course, in-demand. And the Lakers and the Trailblazers listed as teams that are pursuing uh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant has, of course, blown up on the Lakers a few times, and so not a surprise that they are interested in him there but uh shams also mentions that he has one season remaining eligible for a four-year extension worth 112 million this offseason interested teams understand grant will command most of his maximum salary in an extension uh and similar in a scenario similar to when the magic traded for aaron gordon so a lot to break down traded away aaron gordon yes yeah traded away i mean yeah. aaron gordon but so a lot to break down there not only are Team's interested in Jeremy Grant, which isn't a surprise, but they're also putting out there the look. If you do trade for Jeremy Grant, be prepared to offer him this extension. This is what we want if you're interested in him via trade. So again, reading between the lines, that's obviously coming from not necessarily the Pistons camp, but the Jeremy Grant side of things. Yeah, and and this one is interesting because you have to factor in that he's out for the next six weeks at least uh, with torn ligaments in his thumb um, or sprained ligaments, I believe it is, um, in his thumb. So we want to be clear about that. So uh, $20 million, not impossible to move, not such a huge number. It's, it's usually once you get above 30, 35 million that it gets difficult uh, to move enough to, to move a salary 20, just under 21 million for next season. So um, yeah, really, really good players really blossomed in Detroit. Um, probably 
you're not going to get the same numbers out of Jeremy Grant on a, a really good team because sure. then he's going to slot into a more proper role as like your third, fourth best player uh, versus being the headline guy as he is for the Pistons. But yeah, and you know, clearly the Pistons are not going anywhere this year, probably not next year. Uh, this is probably, you know, we're, we're probably in uh, the second year of a three-year rebuild right now, uh, and that's fine. So yeah, so it would make sense why they would move him. The Lakers part of it, Eh, that part doesn't make so much sense. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that now and sure. why it doesn't. Um, and it's not Jeremy Grant would be a wonderful fit on the Lakers. He'd be you know a great fit uh, there. He'd be basically everything they're hoping to get from Trevor Reza plus plus plus. The yep. reality is at twenty million dollars, the Lakers don't have a salary to go get him. They they this is and I tweeted this earlier today is. We got to stop just throwing the Lakers in on all these players that they're they're interested in. I'm sure they are, but unless they're trading LeBron, AD, or Russ, and they're not, they're not going to be able to get the vast majority of these guys if they make over about seventeen million dollars. It's just not realistic. I know people throw out, "Well, you do Talon Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn." All right, so that's yeah. fourteen million dollars or so. Then people want to say throw in you know these veteran minimum minimum yeah. salary guys no team has the ability to do a seven for one trade it's just not a thing anybody can do because you'd have to wait in order to complete the trade you have to waive other players first and nobody's sitting on that many guys that they're willing to move on from and wave so that's just it's just math at this point it's not about that the lakers also don't have picks really to throw in the plus up offers it's it's a lot of i think bobby marks was on the low post and the way he put it i think is is really good and i think it's even something that we have both said here mm -hmm. for the lakers a lot of what you see is what you get this is gonna be what the bulk of this roster is yeah. uh, for the rest of this year there may be a minor move or two in there uh that comes maybe somebody on the bio market something like that but but just you know a guy like jeremy grant who makes 20 million uh, or anybody who makes more than that probably not yeah i mean you'd be looking at stacking up taylor horton tucker none plus a veteran minimum guy whether that's i mean whoever whoever you want to throw in there deandre jordan yep. whatever contract you want um, and that's, like you said, that's the challenge is getting a team to take that on. You would have to find somebody that just loves Taylor Horton Tucker enough to where they say, okay, that's worth it. And then you're talking about throwing in the 2027 first. That's the first, first round pick yep. that the Lakers can, can deal. Um, is that enough? Are there other teams that offer more? Is it worth going through for, an, if you're the Pistons, is it worth cutting guys in order to do yep. that? There's a lot of hurdles to clear. The one thing that we know though is Rob Palenka basically leaves no stone unturned. He's going to do sure. everything he can to find something out there. And so that's why I would expect their name to pop up a lot in stuff like this, because I'm sure they will be very active. Doesn't mean they're going to get something done, but uh, because of the constraints that we mentioned, and this is, we go back to the offseason. This is where not signing Alex Caruso hurts them that much more. Not only do you not have him as a player on the floor helping you out, but you also don't have the contract to throw in to a potential deal if somebody pops up on the and market that you would have liked. This was where, too, I kind of hammered over the offseason the idea of, especially as this market completely dried up, re-signing Dennis Schroeder. To, yeah. to, uh, what, all right, it wasn't going to be 20-plus million. Like, you know, maybe was real, maybe wasn't real. There's all kinds of conflicting reports on that now. But for even 15 million, because then you now had that tradable mid-range salary there. I get why they didn't do it. They 
they felt good about what they had. They felt right. like they didn't need to go that deep into the luxury tax and all the things that came along with that. But, but yeah, if you don't have those mid-range contracts, it becomes really, really hard uh, to make those trades. Because like the Warriors, right? They're the best team in the league right now. They keep getting thrown in on all these different players as well. But it's because they have a bunch of these salaries that are sitting kind of in the right. middle that they can make trades with. So that's just where it gets really, really hard for the Lakers to to do much in the trade market. Now, what about the Blazers? Also mentioned as a landing sure. spot. That's an interesting thing. I mean, you know they're going to be motivated to try to fix things yeah. right now. I mean, winning cures all, and they're dealing with a lot at this moment. If they could start winning, that would certainly help them out. Uh, what do they use to, to try to get Jeremy Grant? Yeah, no... They can do a lot of different things because you could do something like Robert Covington as the base salary matching yeah. there. And then, uh, you know, you just got to add one more contract to that and go get them. Uh, you know, is that something Detroit wants? That's probably more of like a three team trade where Covington goes off to another team and Detroit gets routed a younger player that could maybe help them, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Grant makes a lot of sense for the for the Trailblazers. He would fill some needs uh, for them. I just I, I did. Is that you got to have that conversation with Damian Lillard and like, hey, is that the guy? Is this mm-hmm. you know where we really want to go, um, or is this part of a bigger changes that they also see you know maybe Yusuf Nurkic gets moved and some other stuff because you start to you you start to erode your spacing a little bit around Lillard and McCollum if you if you trade away too many guys who are shooters. It's not that Grant's a terrible shooter, but he's just not really a true floor spacer. So yeah, that that's your becomes a little bit of your challenge there. But but the Blazers have, you know, I know teams that really like Nasir Little. I know teams that really like Anthony Simons. Um, you know, so yeah, it could could be the the deal that makes some sense. All right, well, we talked Pacers already, so let's wrap things up with the Warriors. Some good news here. Clay Thompson still on track to make his season debut in the coming weeks. As soon as just before Christmas, fingers crossed, I want to see him in yeah. that Warriors-Suns Christmas Day game or as late as right after Christmas. No, let's make it a Christmas Day thing. Um, he has rejoined <laughs> the Santa Cruz uh, Warriors uh, to help rehab. He's starting to ramp things up. I mean... It, Get back soon. It's been way too long since we've seen Clay Thompson yeah. out on the floor. Yeah, I agree. And uh, James Wiseman, they he did his first interview the other day. Said Clay looks great uh, to him. Looks like looks like Clay. Uh, there's been other reports that have come out that he looks, yeah, you know, like he's in phenomenal shape and is looking really, really good uh, there. So, you know, I think we all felt he had a chance to really make it back from these these, uh, you know, often career if not ending altering injuries uh, without a ton of impact just because of who he is as a player. Um, he's never been a guy who's been super reliant on athleticism or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, I, I, it's going to be great to, to get him back there. And they, they said right now it's just about ramping up his, his time because they don't want to bring him in playing 10 minutes a night. They want to bring him in, you know, fairly ready to go. So it sounds like he's been playing, uh, I believe the article said five to seven minutes stints at a time with, uh, with the G league warriors. And they're, they're hoping to continue to build that up and go. So yeah, all good news there on the clay Thompson front. Yep. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the Chicago bulls. Of course we need to get into Ben Simmons and things of that nature, but the Chicago bulls, Oh my goodness, been hit hard by health and safety protocol. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Joining me as always, Keith Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, what's going on with the Chicago Bulls? I feel for this team that that are, I mean, COVID has just run rampant through this this whole squad. 
Yeah, dealing with an outbreak for sure. They've now got 10 players in the Gosh. health and safety protocols, uh, including um, Stanley Johnson is one of the guys who went in it over the weekend. And he was a player. Yeah, exactly. He was assigned via the hardship uh, to help get them through the other guys who are out. But then Zach Levine uh, joined this weekend. And then uh, uh, Dallas A. Johnson became the, the latest player to be out uh, in the health and safety protocol. So just bad, bad times for the Bulls. They are now down to because so 10 players out for COVID reasons. They've also got Patrick Williams out uh, long-term with a wrist injury. So that is 11 players. They do have 19 players on roster right now because they have the two guys on the hardship, uh, uh, Stanley Johnson and Lakers legend Alfonso McKinney um, <laughs> uh, are both there. Uh, but eight players, that's the bare minimum you can have to suit up for a game. Uh, the Bulls, per Casey Johnson, who's covered the Bulls for nearly 30 years, has uh, said that they reached out to the NBA and asked about postponing Tuesday's game against the Detroit Pistons uh, with no response from the league yet. Uh, and it sounds like that game's going to move forward as scheduled. Now, being down to the bare minimum players is not a wholly uncommon thing. Um even pre-COVID days, that would happen if, especially around the trade deadline, if your team sure. made a big trade or made a handful of smaller trades, uh, that's when you sometimes get those goofy lineups of, you know, all right, we're going to play three centers because yeah. we've only got, you know, seven guys today. And that's usually when some player who's, you know, got a broken foot or something is in uniform and on the bench, but with no intention of ever putting them in the game. Right. Uh, so we've seen that. We've also seen it after the malice in the palace, mm -hmm. uh, so many suspensions and things like that. So, uh, and there's nothing stopping the bulls from adding more players via hardship, but the Bulls are a team, because they are pretty good, um, they are hard-capped, they want to keep that flexibility under the hard cap as much as possible yeah. because, you know, they'd like to maybe make a trade deadline acquisition and add some salary if they have to to aid in a uh, finals push. And what they don't want to do is eat into that flexibility by continuing to sign players. And even though it's hardship, these are roster exceptions, not salary cap exceptions, so it all counts. Yeah, so this is a situation where technically, yeah, the Bulls can still play, but they don't really want to. They would rather no. see things get pushed back, have yeah. their full team back. And of course, the fact that they've gotten crushed in their last two games to the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers, that doesn't help either. They, of course, would rather, yeah, rather than mean, rack up losses on their record because they don't have enough guys. They, of course, would rather see things get postponed till they can get guys back in uniform. But I think the bigger issue is, like you mentioned, the salary thing and what it does to their cap. Yeah, and let's run through the guys who would be available. Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, two starters. All right, not, you know, terrible. Other teams yeah. have played down multiple starters. Alex Caruso, the team's sixth man. And then after that, it gets real ugly. It's uh, two-way players uh, and then uh, deeper bench guys. So you're talking Alfonso McKinney, uh, Devin Dotson, Tony Bradley, Marco Simonovic, Tyler Cook. And now there is news maybe they'll get Kobe White back. In time, he is coming out, but he wouldn't even have had a practice yet yeah. uh, with the team uh, from that. So, yeah, it's just it, this is one where I get it. I get why the NBA probably won't. They probably don't want to set a precedent. Uh, this might be one where if I was Billy Donovan, I would be like, Alex, your hamstring really doesn't look so good. Yeah. Right? You you hurting, man? You, you need another day? Uh, you know, and go from, from there and kind of force the league's hand on this. But it you don't know. The league may turn around and be like, Sign a player, you know, go get somebody out of the G League. So, so we're we're gonna keep our eyes on this. But as of right now, Bulls Pistons will be on. Uh, it might actually be worth kind of 
tuning in just to see, to see what happens. The world. <laughs> Lineups are the bulls rolling out there, but yeah, it's it's going to be messy for sure. There is an infamous picture from you know Lakers lore going around of back in the day when the Lakers had Chris Kamen, where they had a bunch of injuries hit. And there was just no one on their bench to the point where Chris oh, Kamen was, he was laying down on the <laughs> yes. Lakers bench because there were so many seats available. And Chris Kamen, yeah. seven footer, you know, so he stretched across all these seats. That's the situation the Bulls are in right now, where I'm expecting against the Pistons, assuming that game goes on, the bench is just going to be empty. There's, it's going to be the coaching staff and a bunch of open seats. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be looking down there like, hey, you go. It's gonna be like uh, uh, when Norman Dale looked down the bench of uh, Hickory High and had to call upon Ollie to go in the game, and Ollie was like, "Wait, me? Really? Go, go in the game?" So uh, there, there's a Hoosier shout out. I worked that into. I like it. I like it. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, love that movie. Let's get. I don't think this is siren worthy. We got into no, some of the siren worthy stuff over the weekend uh, in terms of you know the uh, the Ben Simmons stuff. You had the 76ers now aggressively putting together two and three team trade packages that the December 15th date, where most of the contracts signed during the offseason are now eligible to be traded. Sounds like things are really picking up there. But we got a little bit more info. We got some teams that are interested in trading for Ben Simmons. Some of them make sense. Some of them do not. But according to Shams Tarania, the 76ers are indeed ramping up their efforts to do a multi-team trade to move Ben Simmons. And the teams that have been interested, well, among the teams interested, the Knicks, Lakers, Timberwolves, Blazers, Kings, Pacers, Cavs. Those are the teams right now that are interested, but, or among the teams that are interested, but let's go back big picture. Who benefits? Who benefits from this information getting out, Keith? Yeah, uh, this one's hard, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe Philly, probably. My guess is most of all because it's, hey, look at all these teams that are interested. Exactly. Uh, Simmons, maybe a little bit because it's, hey, teams really want to do want to get something done. Uh, for me, you know, if, if you continue to hold out, that's on you, not on me. Uh, so, yeah, so we could still be seeing a little bit of both sides. Uh, you could have a team or two of that, that that grouping there that are, hey, look at us. We're trying to do something, you know, throw, thrown in there, sure. too. So, yeah, uh, you know, long favorite of ours, the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we think that makes a lot of sense. The, the Blazers, we know, Damian Lillard. Uh, he kind of refuted a lot of things, but he didn't refute that part that he'd like to play with Ben Simmons, yeah. um, which would be a little rare because he's, of course, not going to come out. That's not true. I think he sucks. And then he gets, <laughs> then he's your teammate. Right. right? Exactly. That's not, you know, like that's not going to happen. But it was, uh, yeah, it's interesting. The Knicks, that one's kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit because that's not a team we'd really heard in the previous uh, uh, part here. We, we talked about the Lakers why this doesn't make sense the the only way the Lakers could do this would be Russell Westbrook LeBron James or Anthony Davis yep. and that's not there's a variety of reasons that's not happening and even in a three-team trade that's not uh overly likely to happen and this there, is this so. is how I think the Lakers get in it's Rich Paul right I mean like sure. he, they, like yeah. the Lakers yeah. just because he's a Rich Paul client they almost have to say hey we're interested or at least have met or register some degree of interest Otherwise, yeah. it's almost weird that they don't. But you're, logistically, there isn't really a way to make this sure. this happen. And you know what? It's the responsible thing is for Rob Palinka to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Daryl, Russ for Ben, straight right. up." No, no. All right, okay, thanks. cool. Like, Talk to you later. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah, interested. See you later. Good luck. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah, it, that one's probably not going to happen. But Cavs, Kings, Pacers, all small market teams that we've kind of said 
go get your if you can get him, get your guy because this is a way to get us get a star. Uh, the Cavs just makes me laugh because I just think it'd be absolutely hilarious to see them keep their three three uh, <laughs> big starters, bring Simmons in, then Darius Garland. He'd be like, uh, you know, the the uh, you know um, the, the what is it uh, like the opposite of uh, Gulliver's Travels, right? Oh well, yeah, he's with the Lilliputians. <laughs> he'd be like the opposite of that scenario. So we'd just be around all these giants. It so, would be uh, uh, it would be dodgeball. It would be Ben yes. Stiller's uh, White Good Goodman ball. and Dodgeball, where his team is just all Love these it. big giant athletes, <laughs> yep. and then it's little perfect Ben Stiller in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So should that come to pass, we already have the memes queued up and ready. There to he go, is, so. Garland. But yeah, I, you made me yeah. bleed my own blood. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then the Pacers, if if right, if you're looking to really start moving stuff, uh, maybe there is a match there for to hopefully out because they could deliver some uh, good bench depth pieces or maybe even a starter or two. And then the Kings, I think they're going to continue to be involved in stuff. I think what's interesting now with some of these teams is we long assumed if Philly makes a deal with Simmons, it's going to they're going to have to return a, a primary ball handler or somebody to cover the point guard spot. Don't know that they have to anymore. Maxie. Tyrese Maxey's playing yeah. pretty well. And so that, now I'm not going to say if you could get De'Aaron Fox, you turn it down because you could always flip Maxey to fill another need somewhere. But I think there needs more on the wing now than it ever was uh, previous now with the way Maxey has emerged as a player. So, yeah, keep, keep an eye on it. But I, I think all the Simmons stuff coming out here is further uh, – what am I trying to say? Further uh, – Lends further credence to the idea that this will happen uh, by the trade deadline. I, yeah. I don't think this is going to drag into the offseason. Yeah, agreed. I think that this is definitely picking up and something's going to happen here. And by the way, in terms of asking price, Sham says the 76ers are asking teams for, and this is interesting, an all-star caliber player and or multiple first round picks. Now that's not yeah. necessarily new. We've heard they want a player plus they want all of the picks in the world, but the or part. Right. It's not a yeah. all-star caliber player and it's an all-star caliber player and or multiple first round draft. That suggests that depending on who the all-star caliber player is, maybe they don't need this mountain full of picks. And maybe exactly. and again, this is me reading between the lines a little bit, but maybe this is the 76ers coming down off of their ask just a bit. Bingo. Yeah, you're right on it. This is the Sixers coming down. The other team's starting to creep up a little bit. And that's why it's going to get done. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's just now it's it's who and when. All right. So we talked a lot about some uh, some other teams that are you know doing things around the NBA. We talked a bit about the Pacers, the Cavs, stuff like that. Uh, the Pistons, potentially with Jeremy Grant on our last video. Uh, let's talk a little bit here. So if you're looking for that information, that is on the video just prior to this one. But uh, if you listen to the podcast version, this is all stitched together in one. And you're probably saying, <laughs> you're what like, are you talking you about? But about let's jump to the Lakers. The Lakers... On the injury front, they've been missing Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn all season. We did get some positive news there. Trevor Ariza, uh, according to Shams, will return within the next one to two weeks. That's important. He's coming off of ankle surgery. Right now, he is a full go in practice. What the Lakers want him to do now is build himself back up. Remember, with an ankle injury, your conditioning is going to be shot by the time you're fully recovered from it. So that's what they're working on now, getting him back in shape. Ready to come back on the floor. Frank Vogel has consistently said that Trevor Ariza will be a major piece to their team and that he does envision Ariza coming back as a means to playing Anthony Davis more at center. So, again, that's coming from Frank Vogel. We'll see exactly how he fits into the rotation, but sounds like we're a week or two away of for him coming back. And then Kendrick Nunn, who has been driving Lakers fans crazy because the Lakers have been very, very tight-lipped on any kind of updates Regarding Kendrick Nunn, there was an expectation that he was going to be reevaluated. 
Gosh, it was about a month ago at this point, and then nothing came of it. We never heard anything official. According to Shams, the Lakers are hoping none will return in January. Been dealing with a bone bruise. Frank Vogel did admit uh, less than a week ago that uh, that none would not be playing this calendar year. That would be more likely coming back in January. And now Shams backs that up, saying Lakers are looking at January for a return for Kendrick Dunn. Yeah, so let me ask you a question here. I tend to talk an awful lot on this show, so I want to hear your thoughts on this. I'm sure you've given them elsewhere, but let's do them here in front office show. Does it worry you at all how much like is being put on the return of especially Trevor Ariza? Like it feels like every few days there's a new one. We get Trevor Ariza back. Trevor Ariza is not a bad player, but Goodness, you're not adding a, you know, this is not the Nuggets getting Jamal Murray back or the Clippers getting Kawhi Leonard back, but it feels like it's somewhat being like really painted as like, this is going to be the season defining uh, return from injury. And I just, I I just struggle with that. I think part of of it has been the team is struggling right now. Uh, So, hey, when this guy comes back, you know, buy yourself a few more weeks there in terms of the pressure that's been on Frank Vogel. I think there's maybe that aspect to it. But I also think just skill set wise, because you're right, Trevor Ariza, 36 years old. It's not like you're getting an all star coming back here or anything like that. Skill set wise, the Lakers have been very starved for what he brings in terms of a ideally we'll see what he's at physically. But a guy who's got some size on the wing that can switch between multiple positions. Um, I think that's been something that they've very much been lacking. But again, can Trevor Ariza be that guy that you can lean on? And then that also begs the question, okay, well, if you really needed a wing player this badly, which I've been saying it since the (laughs) offseason that they did, why would you only sign Trevor Ariza to fill this role at 36 years old and put yourself in a position where you're in trouble because you don't have that if and when he does get hurt. And of course, he started the season off. That's a great point. Injured. That didn't. If Trevor Ariza is such an important piece, why did you only get one of them? Why didn't you go and get multiple other wing players, which admittedly are hard to find, but still, that should have been a bigger priority, obviously, if Trevor Ariza's skill set is truly this crucial to the Lakers. That said, I do think he can help them, but you're right. He's not an all-star coming back or anything of that nature. And, and I mean, I'm guessing they thought Kent Bazemore would kind of be sure. that second-ish kind of guy. He just doesn't have a reason size. But yeah, you're no, that that's a great call. Is yeah, I mean, when you're we we said it multiple times. If you're banking on this many older guys, older guys miss games. It just happens. It's yep. just the reality of it. So yeah, it was a you know that was they it maybe instead of going and getting Rondo, who you probably knew wasn't gonna play all that much, mm-hmm. maybe you should have invested that position in another wing or something. James like that. Ennis. Yeah, that's yeah, I know. <laughs> Yet James Ennis still sits. James Ennis, James Ennis was like doing jumping jacks outside of of the, of the Lakers facility. Like, sign me, holding up a neon sign. Please sign me. Like my shirt. Not literally. Yes, yes. He was wearing your shirt. He was waving around the cape. Lakers signed me, and Rob Palenka said, oh, "I I can't hear you." <laughs> Dating ourselves a little bit here, but it's like uh, um, uh, John. John Cusack oh, right? yes. holding, holding up box. the box. Yep, the outside, like just like please, you know, let me in. I'm ready to go. So maybe it'll still, maybe it'll happen. You know, we'll we'll see. Oh, don't don't give me hope. Don't give me hope, Keith. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the Knicks. Let's move on to to them. Uh, sources said <laughs> this was maybe the most surprising thing in this entire. All of this stuff we're covering today, <laughs> uh, almost all of it came out of Sham Sharani's piece on the Athletic. This was the one where it's like. Wait, what? what? 
of all the things in there. Sorry. I just I had to <laughs> had to jump in on this one. Go ahead. Sources said teams are inquiring about Knicks forward Kevin Knox, aka the Knicks said really everybody believed them. Teams are calling about Kevin yeah. Knox. Someone else be interested in him. Uh, Knox scored 18 points, grabbed five rebounds, and made five three-pointers in 29 minutes against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, a.k.a. showcase game. Someone please come trade for him. Uh, he was uh, the Knicks' number nine pick in 2018, uh, averaged 13 points and almost five boards as a rookie, but has failed to gain traction in the organization. But could something change? Question mark from, from Shams. That's the Knicks saying... Please, yeah, something please. change. Someone yeah. come take someone. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, and the only reason he played was because RJ Barrett's in the health and safety protocols. Obi Toppin's in the health and safety protocols. And Alec Burks missed the game, uh, I believe, due to the birth of a child. I may have that wrong. I know it was definitely for personal reasons, but yep. I think that was why. So that slid knocks up and he got some minutes. I mean, good for him for semi taking advantage of them and, you know, doing something with them. But yeah, there's no there's no value to be had there. No one's trading for Kevin Knox as a you know maybe he gets in a deal as a throw in mm-hmm. for for something. Um, you know, but I I continue my now defining memory of Kevin Knox as I believe we may have been sitting with each other or or if not we we were Vegas. there was uh, Zion at Summer League. Oh, the ragdoll ragdoll yeah. stole that rebound from him and then threw threw it down and sent the entire press row into fits of laughter because it was like, holy crap, this is what we have with, with Zion. So I don't think he's on the list. We should talk about that briefly. Oh sure, yeah. Cause that came up over the weekend. Um, shut down. Uh, we don't know when we're going to see Zion now. It sounds like he's still got some foot soreness. There's been some reporting coming out of new Orleans. Um, that he's been skipping rehab workouts. Uh, Tim McMahon reported he was 330 pounds. Um, that's like Shaquille O'Neal sized big. Um, and he's not seven foot. No, he's you know, not. like Shaq is. Uh, he's closer to about six foot six or six foot seven. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just do what you got to do. Get it right, man. We want to see this guy play. Um, but yeah, so just want I wanted to throw that in there too. Yeah, not great for Zion Williamson or the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, not what we wanted to hear. In regards to him, nope. um, the Kevin Knox thing, just to kind of put a, a bow on this, you know, we always talk about reading between the lines in terms of who benefits and everything very clearly. This is the Knicks putting out there, hey, look, everybody pay attention. He just played and he did fairly well. So, I mean, a lot of teams are looking for wing players. Maybe someone talks themselves into, you know, taking a flyer on him or something like that, but it's not something where they're going to get major value in return. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would also say there's a potential here that Knox's agent was a little like, "Hey, trade from a guy." That Doom could be true too. Life somewhere else too. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, and that would be one where the Knicks and Knox's camp would be likely working together mm-hmm. to you know let, let's move on. Uh, the Orlando Magic have sought draft capital, aka yep. first round pick, in exchange for Terrence Ross. Makes sense for the the Magic to move on from him. He's a veteran by the time. They are good again. He won't be around anymore. So they're looking yep. for a first-round pick in exchange for him, averaging almost 11 points per season or, or per game this season. So per <laughs> Man, season, that would be really bad. Gonna, yeah, I could maybe pull that off. No, I, I couldn't. 11 no. points per game this season. But, uh, you know, they're setting that bar out there. That's the asking price. Yep. If you want to score off the bench, you could certainly do worse than Terrence Ross. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he gets moved if that's the asking price? Is hey, we need a first. 
Uh, I don't know if it's a first, but maybe two seconds, uh-huh. kind of like what Evan Fournier went for last year. Uh, could could be you know, give us a couple quality seconds, and we go twelve point five this year, eleven point five next year. Uh, teams one by the time we get to the trade deadline, this will go to the trade deadline, is my guess. Uh, but by then, teams will need bench help. They'll need bench scoring help. This is a guy, right? We we spent a lot of time saying this is why the Lakers can't trade for all these players. This is the kind of guy that they could go get. I'm not saying that they would. Um, but this is the kind of player, you know, a wing with a little bit of size, some shooting ability. Um, that's a guy that they they could go get. But they'll, that's they, any number of teams that have uh, eyes on being a pretty good playoff team could could use Terrence Ross. So my guess is they'll go. The other thing factoring in here, too, is uh, Markel Fultz has started practicing again. Uh, so he's probably not too far away. Jalen Suggs will be back eventually. And then eventually Jonathan Isaac is, is going to return, too. And at that point, it's. Why are we going to give 15 to 20 minutes a night to Terrence Ross, who's not part of the future here? Let's move on. Um, I was it's not in Shams report. It's just a very open secret around the league, too. If if uh, if you want Gary Harris, uh, just make a phone call because because they're you know more than happy to listen on him as well. He's very much available. Well, I mean, yeah. the Magic, obviously, the Magic are in a almost rare position in the NBA right now in terms of they are clearly sellers. There's not a yep. lot of teams who right now are in seller mode, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do find some homes for these guys because there are some teams that are, are very motivated buyers too. Yep. Uh, the Phoenix Suns playing tremendous basketball, but Jalen Smith very clearly not part of their future plans when they declined his option. Uh, now the Suns uh, have had interest generate in in potentially trading him, but uh, teams interested teams expect a potential move for Smith as of the December 15th date. So it sounds like it's only a matter of when, not if, Jalen Smith is moved on somewhere else. Yeah, and here's the challenge with Jalen Smith. If you require him, um, you're limited. You can only re-sign him for up to $4.7 million next season. That's yeah. the uh, declined amount of his third-year option. Uh, very rare that a player gets their third-year option declined, but that did happen in Smith's case. He played against Boston uh, over the weekend and played fairly well. He actually put put together you know, a pretty decent game, but that's because DeAndre Aiden was out. Frank Kaminsky is out. Uh, they were really down to JaVale McGee, and, and then Smith was their only other big of note on the roster. So he, he did see a few minutes and played okay. But yeah, that's that's your thing. It's kind of similar-ish to the Kevin Knox situation of, you know, hey, give us, you know, something for him. You know, we'll, right. you know, give us maybe a guy who fits a little better, maybe a couple of extra years under contract. You see if you can figure out a mobile, see where it goes. Um, yeah, it, it still doesn't. I don't like the asset management from the Suns when no. they decided to decline mm-hmm. that option Correct. on him. Because like you said, now, now if you want to trade him, the team that's getting him can't really do much to keep him. If let's say you trade for him and he does well, okay, he's gone. He's a he's a rental. Yep. So that's the challenge now yeah. for, the, for the Phoenix Suns. But we'll see if they yeah, get. Yeah, you some trade before. for him and he breaks out and looks great. You're you're stuck. Yeah. You can't re-sign him. So yeah. Um, yeah. The Spurs. Bryn Forbes is generating some interest, averaging 12.3 points per game uh, in the 12 games where he's played 15 or more minutes. Pick, pick some stats here. Cherry, pick some stats there. In games where he's played 15 or more minutes, he's averaging 12.3 points per game. Uh, was That's my Mr. Baseball. You know, I, I led this club in eighth inning doubles in the month of August last year. <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
Uh, and then you also get the little bit that he was that he was a critical part of the 2021 NBA champion Bucks, showing the ability to complement stars like Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. So again, reading between the lines, Shams probably doing some favors here in terms of pumping up the market for a guy like Bryn Forbes. Yeah, and could Bryn Forbes help a team? Sure. 4.5 million this year. Just that's it. It's a one-year deal. So yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I Spurs never make in-season moves anyway, so I'm not I, I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. Uh lastly, the Jazz are pursuing a defensive-minded wing on the trade market. I mean, them and everybody Makes a ton else, of sense. right? Yeah. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, I mean, that is kind of the one hole that they have, you know, on this team. You got Gobert's, get everything else covered. Their offense is, is fine. They don't need any more offense. So, yeah, if, I mean, if you can get it, just who, right? That's That becomes your question. Because look at the, the, all the names we just kind of threw around as maybe being out there. None of those guys fit, fit that bill because they don't come available all that often. You know, know who they should get? Who? Torrey Craig. That's if true. The Pacers are blowing it up. Why? Why not go? Go get Tory Craig. You, you you'd have to throw together a couple of your contracts, but go go get Tory Craig. He'd make some sense there. There's yeah. a defensive wing for you on the relatively cheap. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think that would be a good fit for Utah. Credit um, Keith Smith. Yeah, they need to need to make sure they tag you in <laughs> that Justin trade when Sandy. it's done. Yeah, that's it. Make it happen. So, just to finish things up here, when you get pieces like the one that was released today by by Shams, you get stuff like this from Woj as well. The reason why we keep going back to who benefits is because in the overall NBA game, in terms of news breaking, right, in terms of power, um, sometimes in order to make sure that you get the scoop that's coming down the road, it means doing some favors and, and things of that nature. So sometimes when you see stuff that comes out, you have to stop and consider, okay, where is this coming from? Why might Shams be saying this? Why might Woj be saying this or whoever? Because that's kind of the game within the game. You have to look beyond just what's being reported and stop and think about where it could yeah. be coming from because that can change, that changes the lens that you're looking at it through. So that's why we try to stop and make sure we go through that and, and mention so many times and kind of laugh when we say it, who benefits from this in terms to try to figure out um, in terms of figuring out where this information is coming from, because obviously that can change the validity of it, how we take in this information and things like that. So it's just kind of a filter. You have to look at trade rumors through because that's just the nature of the beast and the way NBA news goes. Yep. Uh, one last piece of news. I, I think uh, it came out over the weekend. Isaiah Thomas and Langston Galloway, uh, two veteran NBA guards, have both signed with the G League uh, and hope to play in the upcoming G League Showcase, uh, which is uh, in about a week uh, in Las Vegas just before Christmas. Uh, that is kind of the time when they bring all the G League teams together. The, the, all of the NBA world kind of converges there on it for a few days to watch all these guys play. So so IT and uh, Langston Galloway looking to work their way back. And, uh, you know, credit to those guys because it's uh, that, that can be a tough swallow of the pride to say, sure. all right, you know, I'm going to go this route. But clearly those guys, they're, they're not doing it for the money at this point. They should both be, uh, you know, perfectly fine in that end. And, you know, they're, they're going to do what they can to, to get back back to the league. And I, IT played all right for uh, the Team USA in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, qualifiers so let's let's hope i'm forever going to root for isaiah thomas to refine a home in the nba i just yeah. say more it was some of the most fun i've ever had was covering him so yeah I'm, I'm hopeful yeah best of luck to both those guys hopefully they are able to battle their way back 
into the league. But everybody, let us know if you have any thoughts on any of these stories in the comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure that you do follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to podcasts. It's going to wrap things up for today, unless something else breaks later this afternoon, which you never know, given this crazy league. But we went over a lot today, so we appreciate all of you coming in and joining us. Till next time, stay safe and see you.